Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Shep Hyken here. We are back with another episode of Amazing Business Radio. Today, we're going to be talking with Mark Eng, who is the CEO and co-founder of GoBolt. Now, Mark is not a customer service expert, but I have a feeling that after you listen to her interview, you're going to say, oh my gosh, he knows more than most experts. He started a company while he was in college, and over the past five or six years since he's been out of college, He's won numerous awards. He's got an obsession with taking care of customers. We're going to learn the way he thinks, and I think you are going to love it. So if you've got a story that you want to share or a question that you would like to ask, please take a moment, go on social channels like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I'm everywhere. And either tell the story or ask the question. I'll respond to it. And if it is a question, use the hashtag AskShep. I will respond to it there on this show, on my newsletter, or on my TV show, Be Amazing or Go Home. And that can be found on Amazon Prime, Roku, Apple TV, or just go to BeAmazing.tv. That's BeAmazing.tv. All right, it's time for interview with Mark Eng. Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Shep. Well, I'm excited because, as I mentioned in the introduction, you're not my typical um, interview. Uh, you're a business guy, and you just happen to be really, really good at what you do. And GoBolt is a technology company that uh, works in the supply chain world. And if I'm sitting next to you on an airplane um, and I say, hey, what do you do for a living? Tell me what you tell the average person who probably doesn't understand technology and supply chain as well as you do. Yeah, we, we do a lot. And so that, that question always makes me nervous. But I think the uh, most concise way to answer is that we take product into one of our 14 warehouses uh, currently. Uh, we can pick, pack, and ship that product, ship it out with carrier partners, zone skip it to other markets, uh, deliver it with our own fleet. And we support big and bulky product like furniture, and we support small pack product like jewelry or apparel. And we do everything in between. So we help manage getting product from uh, your warehouse to your customer's door. So it's more than just a technology company. You said you have your own uh, transportation, uh, your trucks and delivery vehicles, that type of thing. Yeah, my, my co-founder, Heinrich, is our CTO. So we built all of our own software from scratch across six different applications. It what makes us, I think, uh, a little bit more unique in the logistics space. But we definitely own and operate our own uh, operation. We have over 1,500 associates and team members in the business today across hundreds of trucks and over a dozen warehouses. Wow. Love it. Love it. All right. Now I'm going to brag about you for a moment because uh, you are an Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year finalist. You've won Deloitte's Fast 50 for several years. And then within your own industry, Supply Tech uh, Breakthrough, you have won uh, awards as like a top company for that. So you know what you're doing. And here's the thing. 
You started from scratch. Uh, how long has the company been around? Uh, we were founded in 2017. So it's been just about six years. Yeah. Six years and you're growing exponentially. You don't do that just because you have trucks and you have software. You do it because you know how to take care of customers. De definitely. I think uh, COVID had a, a hand in helping folks that maybe didn't have the customer obsession grow still, but we were fortunate to have that obsession to be able to retain and, and grow beyond and before. So uh, we definitely feel fortunate to be in our position right now. All right. Now, that's a great word you just used. Actually, two words, customer obsession. Uh, tell me when you first realized that that was an important piece of success. So this goes actually way back to our founding story. Um, we were nothing what I described to you uh, on the plane. We were a consumer storage company offering valet storage, which meant that we would come to you, pick up anything you wanted, whether it was your guitar, a file box, a couch, a bicycle. We would inventory and catalog it on site with our driver's apps. We'd take a photo, we'd put a QR code on it. We'd bring it back to our warehouse, store it, and then you would see it on your virtual storage closet. And you would select what you want back and when you want it back and then schedule it. And then our team would show up and like magic, we would then deliver it back to you. And so uh, we launched into the international student storage market. So every student that went to U of T that wasn't from our, you know, Toronto needed to store their dorm. And we would uh, blast uh, posters inside of washroom stalls and in front of urinals and put business cards under their doors. Um, and we became the largest provider of storage that year, but we used a third party provider. It was a file storage company that would pick up our stuff um, for us. And so we were flowing orders into the system for about two weeks. And our busiest day, April 28th, they called me in the morning and said that our team is burnt out and we're not doing any of your appointments. And for us, that was just not an option. We had 84 <laughs> appointments that day and uh, we couldn't disappoint because most people had flights to catch. And so what ended up happening was Heinrich and I wrote our exams extremely quickly, hopped into Yuga Hall, worked until 4 a.m., did it again for the next two days, and picked up every single student's product. And so we, we really understood what it meant to get our hands dirty to, to meet the customer demand and commitment, uh, but then also what it meant to actually do the operation ourselves and not have to rely on third parties that, as it turns out, didn't care about our customers as much as us and uh, weren't as invested in our success as us. And so... That set off a chain reaction of decisions that caused us to become what we are today. Wow, that's amazing. So really, you started this in college. Yeah, yeah. We were barely finished uh, our final exams and uh, launched, decided to launch the business at that time. In hindsight, a terrible time to, to launch a business, but... Uh, because it was uh, be, be, because of the timing with COVID or because of just a tough time right out of college? Or right uh, in the it, middle of exams. <laughs> well, yeah, this is back in 2017. So uh, no no pandemic yet, fortunately, but uh, definitely still exams. And so we uh, we were in the thick of it from an academic perspective, but keen to get out of that. So we launched on April 12th, 2017, to be exact, which was just as we were starting our exam period. All right. So, so some of us can do the math here. Let's assume that you get out of college at around age 22 or so, and it's only been about five or six years. By the way, I can see, uh, because we do the interviews on video, I'm just going to tell you that Mark still doesn't shave. He's young. He looks young. No, he does shave. I'm just I'm kidding. Half a I can grow a, a somewhat of a beard, but the, the half <laughs> side holds it back a little bit. So, yeah. Don't, All right. Don't so this, this is what I love. Uh, I got to tell you, there's two or three things going through my mind. Number one, at the age of 22, in the middle of, and I'm assuming that's about how old you were when you were graduating uh, college in 17. 
I was actually 21. I have a late birthday. But 21. All right. All right. That makes it even more exciting. At the young age of 21, in the middle of exams, when you're figuring out, you know, hey, we found a way to make some money, the main supplier you have decides we don't want to do it anymore. And yet you cared enough, even at that young, I'm not going to say immature age, because it is immature from the standpoint of experience that many people who become customer obsessed, they, they a lot of them realize they had had it in their DNA from a long, long time ago, but really it doesn't mature until a little bit later in their business when they recognize it. This blows me away. This is a great story in and of itself. Uh, but the second thing is, do you realize uh, there's another great entrepreneur, unfortunately passed away in the last couple of years, who started a business and it grew to a, he sold it for just under a billion dollars to Amazon and that's Zappos.com. Tony Shea decided he cared more about people receiving their shoes that they bought from him than everyone else did, UPS, FedEx, whatever. And he took it upon himself to challenge those suppliers that he could do a better job. And 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 what he did essentially, it, obviously he didn't build out the network you did of, of distribution, but he decided to move warehouses right next to places like FedEx and UPS and all that so that they could uh, easily uh, without you know hassle get the product because it just made it easier for them, which made it better for the customer. So T totally right. I, I think principally we we believe in a couple of things. I mean, certainly customer obsession is is top, but then when you pair that with uh, you know fail or not being an option, this insatiable desire to to win as a business and as a team, um, you get really good outcomes for the customer. And at that time, uh, you know, immature or not, we had uh, an insatiable desire to win and a uh, a love for our customers, and so it led us to to do some crazy things to make sure that we were successful. I tried to write down the word insatiable very quickly. I'm sure I misspelled it. I love that. The insatiable desire to win combined with customer obsession. And uh, what did you say? Failure is not an option. We've heard that. Those three points, boom, and you've got a, a, a successful formula. So uh, as we get into this, I want to ask you what you think the top issues impacting customer support programs are today. Uh, I know that that's a big part of it. You do your job. It's impossible to be perfect. But when you're not perfect, you fix it in such a way, just as you did when you were in college, taking care of all of those customers in the middle of exams, you fix it in such a way that gives people renewed confidence, if not even a, a higher level of confidence to keep doing business with you. Yeah, no, it's 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 a really important point. When we started the business and as we've grown, a lot of those philosophies just gotten more mature and, and frankly, our resourcing has gotten a lot better around it. So one of the things that we really believed in early days was that we needed to be available all the time. Because when we were a consumer storage company, calls into our service line would potentially be bookings, not just inquiries about, uh, you know, I need my stuff back, but also bookings. And I still remember getting calls on our VoIP line at 2 or 4 a.m. in the morning, keeping in mind that we had customers who went overseas and were different time zones. And so I would wake up and, and you know, clear my throat, take the call and pretend that we had like a 24-7 operation. Uh, and essentially we did. I just was allowed to sleep at night. <laughs> uh, but would definitely wake up for the for the ringtone. Um, you know, now we have a team that uh, is overseas, is onshore, and we can manage um, being more available across a much wider uh, time span and still have a good um, kind of uh, you know hold time. Uh, and then separately, we're available on a ton of different mediums, whether it's phone, email, text, or social media. 
as we service different brands, we've started to notice that depending on the typical demographic of the person who purchases from that brand, they might actually inbound to us on different mediums. Uh, you know, Facebook, when it first came out, had a ton of younger folks on it. And now it's predominantly older folks. And so if there's a more mature brand that's more expensive, more premium, we actually get a lot more inbounds on Facebook than, than you know, what we might have on SMS or, or live chat on our website. So just those little nuances, I think, are important and just being available when and, and how customers expect. Right. So this is interesting. Uh, we do annual research. Every year we we interview, you know, over the years, we've interviewed thousands of consumers and we always ask them, what is uh, the future for you? What do you think is a consumer you'd like to see in customer service? The number one answer, 24-7 connections to the companies and brands they do business with. So we might say that you are ahead of your time. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're talking to the future right now. <laughs> we we try to be ahead of the curve. I mean, it's it's important that, you know, when you think about logistics, it's typically a pretty sleepy industry. It got a lot of attention through COVID because it was one of the only things that kept ticking, um, albeit, you know, quite slowly. Uh, but it got a lot of innovation and investment dollars. A lot of that has now pulled back. And so we're going to see the return of the incumbents be the more dominant players. And those that are more innovative, but got scale can keep pushing innovation. So we hope to keep pushing innovation on this, um, anticipating customers' needs, being available, leveraging our software to have them access our information in real time where you don't necessarily need to interact with the human. We can go to bed at night, um, those types of things. So that's where we're trying to um, stay on the cusp of. Right. And by the way, those are other things that uh, customers are expecting in the future, that there's online chat uh, that's available, not just through AI, but that will flip you over to a human when needed, uh, being able to complete interactions on their mobile device, especially uh, I would imagine in the college market where you started out, that mobile device is the only device that these people have. So uh, anyway, you are, you're doing amazing things. We're going to talk in just a moment after a break about the, well, I'd we've got several things, but one of them is you've got three factors that lead to a well-run customer support program. I've got notes on that. Your team did a wonderful job preparing. And I might add that would be Jessica uh, Piccolato. And I don't know if I said that right, but it's close. And Tabitha Zygman, who's actually with your PR team, Phenomenal, phenomenal people. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue more with Mark Ang, the CEO and co-founder of GoBolt. This is Amazing Business Radio. Don't go away. One of my favorite sayings is that customer service isn't a department. It's a philosophy. And it's a philosophy that must be embraced by everyone in the organization all the time, and that's 24-7. So if customer service is important to you, and I know it is, then you will love our virtual training, the ultimate on-demand customer service and experience training program that you can access anytime, anywhere. Now, the course content applies to everyone, regardless of position and responsibility, from senior executives to the most recently hired and everyone in between. You'll discover tips, ideas, and strategies that won't cost your company a fortune, but will produce what I call moments of magic, those positive experiences, and it will happen at every level of your organization. So go to Customer Service VT. That's V as in virtual, T as in training. That's CustomerServiceVT.com. It's time to get customer focused. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Mark Eng, the CEO and co-founder of GoBolt. And uh, we're 
I'm fascinated because I love the way you think. This is the way true leaders think. You talked about your customer obsession. Failure is not an option. The insatiable desire to win. And when you combine all of those together, I think that's a pretty good uh, overarching formula for what drives you. So what I'd love to do is get into, you know, you've got a great customer support program. And a lot of the people that listen to this, they're in customer service and support call centers, contact centers. And by the way, even if you're not, you need to be listening to Mark because just his attitude toward business and customers in general should permeate throughout an entire organization, not just people in a support center. So, but let's start there. Uh, talk to us about your support program and your beliefs in that. So it was the hardest division for me to give up when we started to build out our team, actually. It was a thing I held on for the longest. I, I ran it for the first two years of the business and brought on team members to support it. Um, and I would try to take every call I could, handle every chat I could, get to every email I could. And it was important because we were shaping this new business and every customer was so important. And it's not equally or more important than the last. Everyone was an equal uh, equal level of importance, which, which for me was, was of a very high degree. Um, and we, we hired our first CS manager. And in fact, I didn't think it may be possible, but he probably loved our customer even more. And he was a customer advocate first and foremost, um, and really brought the voice of that customer into the business and gave me a lot of solace as I handed over the reins uh, to him. And, and with him, we scaled the, the onshore customer support team to a couple dozen people. Um, and then we started to realize that we need to manage time zones and um, a, a more kind of geographically spread out team, started to invest in more technology. And today we have probably upwards of 80 to 100 people that are on the support team, depending on the time of year. Uh, that manage live chats, phone calls, um, uh, our social channels, text, et cetera. And we're leveraging some cool technology that's uh, more cutting edge now, um, whether it's uh, ChatGPT based, uh, generative AI to pull from our database to serve customers up things that are, are natural, but we would get a lot of inquiries and um, we try to leverage data to make, make those decisions. And so we found that we could deflect, you know, 30% of our tickets by just connecting this really intelligent system to our database. So it could pull the same info that a human would do. And the goal is not to eliminate humans. The goal is to create more time for our people to deal with higher level support uh, requirements. And those are the more like edge case type uh, issues that that certainly arrive in logistics. And so we, uh, we, we've given our team a lot more time to focus on those things. I can't tell you how many times I've been asked the question in the last few months, is ChatGPT, OpenAI, any of that generative uh, AI type of program going to eliminate jobs. And my standard response is what you just said. I also say that uh, when MTV came around, video did not kill the radio star. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it, it, it's a good point, Chef. I mean, it it eliminates the need for um, you to do more manual process. So it augments people that you already have so you can take on more volume. And for a business like ours that's growing exponentially, we always have more volume to look forward to. And so we need to make sure that we're actually investing ahead of the curve and we're either investing in technology or people or both. And in our case, it's been both, um, but it's allowed our team to grow. They've been able to then manage more complex process, oversee different um, areas of the business. And so it's been a good balance. I think custom companies that are scaled and they implement something like this, there likely will be. It's it's a it's probably a, a talk point that they've been issued to say that, but we have the the you know the fortune of uh, of being able to grow alongside the technology adoption. So we've 
not have to, we've never eliminated roles as a result of it, but more, more mature businesses certainly would. Do you still go down and spend time on the phones or doing chats? I, you know what, I, I actually spend a lot more time in our operation, interacting with customers in the field um, and stay very close to our support team and, and metrics because it's the, it, it's the lifeblood of the business and you need to still understand what new processes are involved. And so um, I actually do that more in the field, Chef, where I actually hop in a truck. And, and frankly, it doesn't matter. You're you're interacting with customers on a regular basis. You're not sitting up there in the ivory tower, in the head office, the home office, uh, thinking you know what's going on. You're actually learning from your customers what's truly going on. But folks on our ELT, as they onboard and as, they, as we kind of go through our, our planning, it's an important part to do refresher days and understand like what have we implemented, what is still broken, because it's so easy in support to just go day by day mm-hmm. and need to really create the space to plan around it and plan for it. So um, we, we require that our team spends time in the operations, not just on the operation. Do you require, a, this is a crazy question. If I, I think I know what the answer is going to be. Do you make everybody in your company spend any time shadowing, listening to, being on the front line just so they understand the impact that the company has and what customers are thinking? So every peak season, anyone that is remotely close to a warehouse, uh, even Jess, who's probably two and a half hours away from from the one that that she helped attend, uh, would be called to the warehouse to support peak season. So you're interacting with uh, shoppers if you're doing deliveries in our parcel network or our truck network. Uh, you're working with our associates and our facilities that are picking, picking and packing product. And we're doing it for like weeks at a time. Um, as we onboard senior leaders, uh, part of the onboarding plan is always to be in the operation, whether that's support, op- like the physical warehouse operation, the physical field operation. So we're big believers in that. It's uh, You can't lose sight of your internal customer along with your external. So we, we try to make sure that there's room for that interaction. All right. That's that's huge right there. All right. We don't have a ton of time left. And I do want to get into what I promised we would earlier. And that is the three factors that uh, lead to a well-run customer support program. I actually have these in front of me, thanks to your team, but I want to hear your take on them. Yeah, we really boil it down to three things and we try to we try to keep it super simple. Um, the first is ease of contact. Are people able to reach out to you uh, how they want, when they want, right? It's whether it's social, a DM on Instagram, a chat on Facebook Messenger, um, a text message, a phone call, an email, um, you know, are you available in the medium that they want? And so we try to be across all those and anything that's up and coming, we, we want to be testing it for sure. Um, because it's, if a customer is reaching out to you, something has piqued their interest, got them concerned or has gone off the rails. And so you don't want to add any more friction to that process. You want to be super seamless. Um, the second thing is first contact resolution. If someone's again on the same lines of not wanting to add any more friction to the process, if someone's reached out to you, can we serve them up an answer quickly, right? Can we anticipate their need, make sure all that data is available, whether it's a proof of delivery, an ETA, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we want to make sure that we can serve it up quickly and easily because the next best thing versus not having to have someone contact you is dealing with their inquiry really quickly. And you just see that in the data time and time again, a really positive CSAT comes when you respond quickly. Uh, through the method that they want and you respond only having to respond once and they don't have to to kind of get back to you and and have a follow-up. The third thing that we try to do because logistics is a very reactive space, 
we try to leverage our data and insights to be as proactive as possible. So if a vehicle or a truck uh, is off the rails and is going to be running late, we can anticipate that with our routing algorithm and start to generate a call list so that we can get ahead of that um, from a customer expectation perspective. And what that does is it prevents that shopper from having to even think about how to contact us, think about contacting the retailer that we work with um, and, and just getting concerned because we can get ahead of it. So yeah. I would say proactivity is a really important one that often isn't really thought of uh, in the mix of how support can help build business value and uh, a brand. Uh, proactive service is huge. I love your concept of urgency from point number two, because urgency creates confidence. If you act urgent and proactively is urgency at a, a level like letting them know there's a problem before there even is a problem, at least yeah. in their mind and, and how you're solving it, which basically eliminates the problem. But the way you manage uh, issues, making it easy to get to, uh, contacting you on the channel that they want to contact you, all of this goes toward creating an experience that creates confidence. We're out of time. You and I could talk for hours on this. I know we can, but I want to ask you the final question. One piece of wisdom from the trenches where you are. Well, you're really not in the trenches, but you're the guy who's actually created this, doing it, loving it. Give us that one little piece of wisdom uh, to close out our show today. Yeah, I would say that it's uh, support by nature is a very um, high volume reactive uh, uh, space in any company. Uh, you're handling hot potatoes constantly. It's really important to invest in the right leadership stack and just invest in the time to be able to think proactively for the department as a whole, because there's so much innovation in this space and so much that you could probably capture to, to give you even more time back. Um, to, to delight customers that you need to really create the space and it's easy to get inundated with day-to-day -day inquiries and fires. Um, so it's a eat your vegetables kind of comment of it's just good for you, even though it, there might be some short-term uh, distaste for, for maybe not getting another email or a phone call, but um, just carving out the time to, to think for the future is, is always really important. So eating vegetables is now a metaphor for taking a little extra time to work on the business versus be in the business. The needs your vegetables moment for sure. <laughs> I love it. Well, Mark, thanks so much for being on the show. This is why we call it Amazing Business Radio. This has been great. Thanks so much, Jeff. Appreciate you having me. All right, everyone, that wraps it up. Another interview, another episode, and we will be back next week. And I promise you it's going to be another great one. So until that time, this is Chef Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.